Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. John, let's talk some quarterbacking. Quarterback. A lot of quarterback rumors the last few days. They're out there, guy. Brock Purdy realizing being the Niners guy doesn't mean the Niners are never connected to other quarterbacks. The next quarterback's always one Kyle Shanahan, Belichick phone call away. Do you think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo left him a note? Welcome to the club, my man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jimmy's in the same boat. Josh is already talking. You know, Mac Mac Jones is already getting connected to the Raiders. It's crazy. Yeah, and they're bringing in quarterbacks for visits. I saw Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. I think we're just there. Some guys just can't. Like I think Jimmy might perpetually be the guy who just can never escape a young quarterback being on his roster. You but know? that's part of like the, the lot and land he is as a player, right? <laughs> right. So it's like because I, I was thinking about today. If I tell you in the fourth round the Chiefs have drafted Jay Kaner. You know, it's not going to be that crazy, right? I mean, a good team could easily draft him, right, with an expensive backup to be their backup quarter, or I mean, expensive starter to be their backup. Yeah. But it's not weird in the situation if he becomes Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes' backup. Right. But it is weird when that guy becomes anyone out of, like, the top 12's backup. You're like, oh, he's Saints a couple draft. bad games away from start. Saints draft him. Like, Derek better not get off to a slow start. Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, it just – it can it's, – it's all about – your status with the team and Jimmy's status for years has just been uh, has been rocky. It has been. Um, so we're, there are several Niners stories, a lot of Niners connection, quarterback connections. Before we go any further, just a reminder: podcast down to the description. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening, the YouTube link and uh, the data tells us half of you are not subscribed to this channel. So subscribe to the channel and like this video. We appreciate that. Do it. All right, let's let's recap what we've got here, John. We've got Craig Carton says on Tuesday, NFL reporter Craig. There you are, <laughs> there he is. Uh, Carton says that the conversation between the Niners and the Packers has been for multiple third round picks and a first round pick in next year's draft. For Rodgers. pivoted well post prison, Craig. Major post prison bounce back. <laughs> yeah, very well. You know, uh, major post prison bounce back. And that one was interesting because, you know, I saw some people on the internet suggest, well, this is the Packers trying to, you know, they're not getting anything from the Jets, so they're trying to drum up a market so the Jets pay more, which makes a lot of sense on the surface, except that Carton's connections would be Jets' connections, you would think. You would right? think, yes. So there's that. Then there was the Flory report that Bill called multiple teams on Mac Jones, and even as you told me, Albert Breer has kind of shot down some of the Florio teams. I saw uh, Eric Mangini, former guest of Haberman and Middlecoff Radio, and uh, texted with once. Uh, never emailed uh, me back. Never emailed. We did have his email also. And uh, former defensive coordinator for the 49ers. The, never forget. <laughs> he said he doesn't think Mac. He told Cowherd on TV that he doesn't think Mac appreciates his situation. So. I heard Shine open up his show today talking about they got a problem there. Um, and then you had Florio say that the talk of the combine was cousins and Niners. And he made a point to say it was league circles, not media people talking cousins and Niners. 
So yes. Kyle is like, this is Kyle's like the bachelor and all the chicks are quarterback rumors right now. They just, he's connected to everybody. Okay. Let's start with Rogers. You know, uh, his last name starts with a D, the bald reporter that covers the Packers, I think, for ESPN. I, I saw he on my Twitter feed today did like a sports center hit and like updated the situation between the Jets and the Packers and basically said there's a standoff right now where the Jets who feel that they hold all the leverage are refusing to budge. So whatever they're, you know, whatever they're asking for, pick 13 and next year's two. I'm just throwing out some arbitrary numbers, right? They're not budging. And, uh, or excuse me, the Packers aren't budging off their ass for the Jets, and the Jets keep saying no. Right. He thinks the closer it gets to the draft, that potentially the Packers know that the leverage shifts a little bit because you don't want the draft to go by. This isn't the NBA, right? You can't pick a player and then trade him to me a couple days later. That's not the way it works, or even on draft night. I have to have the pick to pick the player. So if somehow that wouldn't go down, which he still feels unlikely, then maybe things could get weird. But never forget, I also saw a great meme on the internet. Like, you know, once the Packers find out the amount of picks that the 49ers have to trade them for Aaron Rodgers, it's like nothing. I mean, it's everyone is basically getting to a circle jerk about the Niners' compensatory third-round picks. Those happen to be their first picks of the draft, guy. Those third-round picks. Now, they got three of them, but uh, you, you got to go through the 10s, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, all the way to the 90s before you get... A 49er, Martin Mayhew, D'Amico Ryan, Sala, McDaniel, whoever, smorgasbord of yeah. Rand Carthen picks, right? <laughs> right. But they do not have a first-round pick. Obviously, Trey Lance. Christian McCaffrey. They got a Ray Rhodes compensatory in there this year. Potentially. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey has taken their second and third-round picks, so they're gonzo to the uh, the Carolina Panthers. So the 49ers are just dealing with these uh, the minority, you know, getting job picks. That's it. That's that's the starting point for their, you know, trade assets right yeah, now. Yeah. Which are tradable. They used to be not too long ago, remember, comp picks were not tradable. I, I like, that's an easy one in the NFL. Just make that shit tradable too. Make it tra- Absolutely. Why not? You make uh, the fucking rules. Uh, the Cousins cap number is $36 million this year, but he'll, he won't be, they have an opt-out. He won't be a Viking next year in all likelihood. I think what a lot of this sets up is 2024 for the Niners. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be the 49ers quarterback this year. I don't think Aaron Rodgers even is going to be the 49ers quarterback this year. Would the, would, the, think, would the Packers trade, given the 49ers pick situation in any scenario, would it would they ever trade him to the, to the 49ers? No. Even if the 49ers offered their first-round pick the following year? What's that going to be, 31? Yeah. I, I 32? Mean, if the Niners had the second pick in this draft and the Packers were like, you know what? We love the second quarterback in this draft. So we will bite the bullet. We'll send one of our rivals, Rodgers. By the time the guy we draft is ready to win championships, Rodgers will be out of the league. Like, I would do that business. If I were the Packers, I would trade him to the 49ers for the second pick. In or, You know, if I thought – you were going to, if let's say they had somebody else's pick and it could be the first pick next year. If I was getting a franchise quarterback, I would, you do the deal, right? Business over the emotion, but that's not the situation. Yeah. I just, so I, I mean, remember a couple of years ago, they, they, now they were in better terms. It felt like as a little unit, LaFleur, Rogers, the, the whole happiness, at least on their side. And then Rogers kind of went rogue, but they did not like the, uh, you know, the 49ers sniffing around. 
I would say it doesn't feel like there's been love lost since. Not that they're like hate each other, but I, I do think there's a rivalry there that for a non-divisional team, if you said who's the non-division team that just the Packers hate the most, it's to me the 49ers are easily number one, right? In the in the in the NFC. Yeah. Cause it's very easy to trade out of conference, I think. Well, I mean, it's the second time they've been in this position, not just with Favre and Rodgers, but the last time Favre wanted to go to the Vikings and they wouldn't let it happen. And eventually he went to the Jets and they were the bridge to the Vikings. In fairness, so, though, Favre definitely wanted to go to the Vikings. It doesn't feel like Rodgers wants to go to the 49ers. Like, in not, theory, maybe he wants to go. Yeah, maybe he, he wants to wants, play at all. He would want to go to the 49ers over the Jets, like in theory. But, but he has been outspoken, like, I'm going to the Jets. Yeah, like, he yeah. did say that on Pat McAfee. Yeah. Like, I'm going to the Jets. We're cool. They met with him. Right. right? right. That's what makes this scenario kind of weird. It's basically like, could it fall out? Could there be, could this deal, like, could basically the house go from under contract to like fall under contract and then go back on the market? But the but the thing is that Rodgers is never the Niners are not going to be a, in a situation I don't think where they can offer more than even a Jets medium offer right the Niners can't come in and say I'm just going to pay five hundred thousand dollars cash over asking and get this house not they don't possible. they don't have it so no. like they're the wrong team to use as leverage with the Jets. It's really crazy that the Jets don't really have any competition for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time on the trade market. Well, part of it, right, is it's a little like Rodgers' kind of NBA status. You can't throw out a team that like, yeah, Rodgers would never play for them. Yeah. So it's like the only team you could throw out is like, yeah, Rodgers probably okay that one. Like part of the reason the Jets are real is he wants to go there. He's cool with going there. They've met. You can't just start throwing out the Houston Texans and some of these Oh, you know, Tampa Bay. You're like, no fucking chance. Right. right. That, yeah. that's, that to me is the element. It's like, oh, Rodgers is from Northern California. He was once, I don't know, hated the 49ers for passing on him. Yeah. 22 years ago, he said he was going to twist the knife on them. Maybe whatever many years it was, but. Sneaky longer than you think. Was it 22? Was it, the, it wasn't the 01 draft, was it? I think his, no, it was the. 04? 05. I think he's been in the league. 05. This is going to be his 18th year. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of this is setting up. So so those and Kirk's not going to be on the team. You know they're not trading. I think Minnesota. I'd be shocked if they traded for Kirk. If they trade, how do you trade away a guy with thirty six million dollar cap? It's very hard. But I do think oh, all who of else this, would who else would play quarterback? Like you can still, if you're the Minnesota Vikings and Rodgers gets traded, isn't like Trey Lance just win the division again? Yeah, you could look at it if they wanted to rebuild, but so like start over, start over. Yeah, Deal, trade it, Thielen. You're saying you just do basically like a Trey Lance for Kirk Cousins, kind of like a reboot year, and also you could still draft a quarterback the following year. Yeah, if you liked him, if you like Trey. But I, but to your point, like you don't really. Why would you do that? You can go win your division. Jordan Love, uh, Justin Fields, and Jared Goff are the quarterbacks in your division. A little why baseball, a little, little baseball type move, right? You're you know he's not going to be on the team in 2024. You get something for him now. You just kind of pivot and, and, like you said, reset a little bit. But do you want to do that to Justin Jefferson? You know, you got one of the best receivers in the NFL. I would say the NFL does not operate like that at all, does it? Uh, and you're not getting a first-round pick for the guy. Right? It's not like you've got a first-round guy you're going to trade. He's 35. And very expensive. So, yeah, you may not get a say. I, so, now, I think all of this, again, my ultimate takeaway from the last few days of all these rumors is 
if Rodgers, Mac Jones, and Kirk Cousins are all on the move within the next, you know, two of them in the in the maybe in the next twelve months, Mac could be even if Mac doesn't get traded this year, he certainly could be available again next year. Uh, and I'm not saying you should want Mac Jones. I'm just saying Brock Purdy is the franchise quarterback for as long as he's on the team with the other two quarterbacks that are on the team, right? When when, when it's him and Darnold and Trey Lance, he's the franchise quarterback. But we got a whole season ahead of us. So a lot of this stuff to me, the Cousins thing. Now, the Matt, you know, Matt Ryan, it always felt like, oh, would there be? And it just never materialized. His timeline, the Niners timeline didn't line up. But if Brock doesn't have a healthy and good year this year, or if they don't have a good year from somebody, a quarterback this year, it does line up for Kirk Cousins in 2024. I would say the one unique part about that, though, is whether Cousins debating, is he a $40 million guy? Is he a $33 million guy? His stats speak for themselves, and he's definitely not like an $18 million guy. Yeah, yeah. And I would say the 49ers, the way they have built their team, they have been lucky with the Jimmy situation, even if Trey doesn't materialize, like their cap on their quarterback has been relatively low compared to the league paying quarterbacks. And this year, right, I mean, the cap total with the three guys, you know, just I would imagine it's right around $11, $12 million. So to invest, let's just say 3X that at $35 million in a one-year deal, is that what the 49ers are in the business of doing? Because from a quarterback standpoint, if Purdy's not healthy, if Trey turns out to not be good and Sam Darnold is not a rehabilitation project that Kyle has the ability to manage, then yeah, I mean, it would make some sense. But I I do think financially, like, they would try to manipulate the numbers a little bit. I I can't see them paying him even like – some teams would might be willing to give him like two years, you know, $65 million guarantee, like 50. Like, are the Niners doing that? Now, maybe Kyle would want to, and that's the end of the story, and they do it. But how, how, but it's to your point again, like it's one thing to want to, it's another, you have really good players who are expensive and are getting more expensive. I think also it would be pretty unique if he just continues playing at the level he's played the last couple of years, which relative to what we once thought of him, he's much better than that. Still, very flawed player, an argued player, but. He's much closer to 10 as a quarterback in the league than 20, right? And he has his moments, like on a given game, he can throw four touchdowns and be a top five quarterback producer on a given week. But even his bad weeks, he's still better than like minimum 12 guys. So his his now floor is really high. You got to give Cousins a lot of credit for improving. But if he's not on the team next year, like why? Just simply like they want to reset? Well, what if they're competitive again, win nine, ten games? Isn't that kind of weird? Well, it'd be the second time a team has just let him walk. He did prove the first time, though, that he was right and they were wrong. There was the football team, but yeah. This time would be like, wait, you had back-to-back 13 wins and then 10 wins. You won 23 games in two years, and he had, he threw 70 touchdowns. Like It'd be a little bizarre. Not that I, Kyle, you know, a lot of teams – a lot of times sign players to get cut or whatever that is bizarre. And it might just simply be financial reasons, but like who's going to play quarterback for you, right? That, that'd be my thing with the Vikings, for example. If he plays at the level he's played at, their floor as a team is relatively high given their division, right? They're, they're I would say a minimum like eight wins. Like they're somewhere between eight to 10 wins. So you're not drafting a quarterback at 17. You don't have the firepower to get up high enough. 
especially with the quarterback draft, these teams aren't going to budge. If you just let them, quote unquote, let them walk, like who's playing, who's your quarterback? That's just the NFL doesn't really work like these other sports where it's like, oh, yeah, it's just time to move on. It'd be, it'd be a little, I mean, it'd be a major story. Like, what are the Vikings doing? Why wouldn't yeah. you just re sign them for a year or two? Uh, you know what his postseason record is, Cousins? Uh, well, he, he, I think he only has the one win at uh, the Saints, or he did throw the game winning pass to Thielen, if I remember correctly. That's it. He's one and four. Not good for a Niners team that now, I mean, they lost to the Giants last year. He was 31 of 39, 273, two touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. It wasn't his fault they lost that game. Right. So I'm not putting it all on him. And if he was on the Niners, I think he'd have a better record. I mean, Niners, their, their, def- their defense stunk last year. It stunk for a few years. Yeah. Well, I mean, that. they weren't a playoff team for two years, so. Um, but but he but he was he was playing like the best football of his life, right? It was their defense was yeah. the reason people were like they have a historically bad pass defense. I mean, that's a big reason Zimmer got fired. That's why it's it's weird. I feel I'm like defending the guy, but he he has played pretty damn good, right? Well, it's at times you watch him and you watch the Niners over the years and think he is not an upgrade even over what they've had. And at times, I think when you zoom out fifty thousand feet and look at his career, the total picture of it versus who the Niners have had. Like, the total picture of his career from a passing production standpoint is going to be more impressive than Garoppolo's. Right? Well, he's a better player than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, that doesn't mean he's a better, like, it's weird. I don't know if he's a better fit. You know, I think Jimmy is an right. easier guy to get along with, clearly. I think Cousins, depending on who you ask, not that he's a bad guy. I mean, he's never going to get in trouble or anything. He's got a family. I, I just... You know, ever know he's got a family? Uh, <laughs> you know, kids. I just mean wife. Kids. Oh well, if he's procreated, <laughs> he must be a great guy. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, yeah. We've seen bad guys, their dads and moms. Uh, but <laughs> my my point is, he's not getting Stetson. He's not getting arrested or anything. I just, I don't know if everyone just leaves going like Kirk. I just want to spend more time around that guy. Where I think well, Jimmy kind of has that vibe. Arrests are one thing. You know what GMs care more about. Public intoxications is secondary if your team votes him a captain because they love the guy in the locker room, right? Yeah. And it kind of you, that has been called into question. Although I think he has the the big C on his chest. Um, what about the Mac Jones? The Mac Jones situation. That are you are you buying that Bill is shopping Mac Jones? Because if he is, he would he'd call Kyle. I I, I am buying that. And we hammered this coming out of that draft. You cannot take Mac Jones that high. Honestly, I thought it was kind of as crazy. As the Niners did or the Patriots did? Well, it was the Niners. That that was it was a non-starter. It would have been the worst draft pick in the history of the of the draft. You called it the most arrogant pick. Yeah, that was a good way. Be- Belichick take if Belichick doesn't draft him. Like, is Mac Jones going in the second round? Like, Mac Jones is, is not a first round player. And you know, one Kyle thing I would have drafted him the second man, like, you know, when you can get Val when you can get a top three player at thirty nine, you gotta do it. Well, he's just not as good as Purdy. Like that to me, Mac Jones isn't that good of a player. Like he's just his his floor is pretty low. And then you factor in like, listen, Patricia's your offensive coordinator, Joe Judge, bizarre situation. But he did act more like he was Roethlisberger or Brady. Like, I, I got pelts on the wall. This is fucking nuts. Then I'm Mac fucking Jones. It's like, come on, bro. Calm down. Like, calm down, my man. Yeah. 
And, you don't and, get to hold Bill Belichick accountable on this one. No. <laughs> you know. Now, he might say, well, listen, I came from the most stable college program. I proved myself. My rookie year, we made the playoffs after an embarrassing year for the Patriots. And then I get stuck with this rocket scientist that's a defensive coach as my offensive coordinator. And even, I guess, Devin McCourty's going on some like uh, media tour a couple weeks ago. Even said, like, yeah, it was... It was actually more impressive in games than what we saw in practice or something of that, like ilk. Like it was basically like the offense that Patricia was running was like no one quite like what is going on here. Uh, but like, I, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm a, I'm a big, big no on Mac Jones slash Brock Purdy's a better player. I, I would take Brock Purdy every day of the week and twice on Sundays over McCorkle. It's also alarming at how McCorkle's handled adversity, right? Like, and I, and Mangini said this, He's like, yeah, things got weird with Tom after six Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Brock's. I don't think we're going to see a Brock, a big for too big for his britches, Brock Purdy this year. It feels like things got a little weird in part because of Mac. Now, maybe, you know, the injury thing, disagreeing with the team, that was a factor, but. Um, He's part of why it got weird. He's part of why. a lot of the weird things happened for the 49ers with quarterback. You know, I mean, I guess you could say Jimmy was somewhat responsible the way they waited to get the shoulder surgery last year. But I think that was probably more Jimmy's agent than it was Jimmy Jimmy's ego. Right. Yeah. Jimmy might be a little closer to Dustin Johnson than uh, than we than we've known. Right. In terms of just. Be like water. Let's go with the flow. Yeah. Uh, let the business people take care of the business. So. To me, with a quarterback, and whether it's Mahomes, Allen, or Burrow, or whether it's you know a young rookie, or whether it's a bridge quarterback, I, I need the guy to be pretty easy. Like, he, he's got to be the least of my worries. I'm not talking about play. Like, you can have yeah, You want to be like a play. coach. Coach yeah, on the I, field. I, I, I just want... Like, I, I can't have there's a maturation process for any young person in any business. So I it's, I'm not saying like there's not like a learning curve, but just in terms of any headache that is controllable or avoidable, I, I I'm out, you know, I, we just have too many examples now of too many elite players that are the easiest guy going on the team. And then just like rookies are just like, you know, Jalen hurts just shows up, grinds, doesn't say much, just works, just gets better, gets along with everybody. That's kind of what I'm looking for. You're pretty, just kind of, hell, even Trey. Like, I'll say this about Trey. Not many leaks I've gotten fucked. Not many leaks that I want to trade. Not many leaks like, this is kind of bullshit. It'd be yeah. hard to leak that when the team's doing well. But it hasn't happened. Not, well, not even close, yeah. Not a single you know, that, If that happened, I'd be like, you got to get this guy away. Right? Because I, I just can't. I, I, I don't deal with drama well in my life in general. But definitely, if I was a coach, that position would be the least like hey, if I got to deal with some stuff with Trent Williams or the occasional, you know, uh, both doesn't want to be that. here for the voluntary yeah, workout. Like, okay, I'll deal with it. Yeah. My quarterback, like, I'm sorry. That's why I think Rogers, it just became the time for the Packers, right? You miss the playoffs. Like we're out. We're just, this is, I can't imagine like Kyrie. It's like, Oh my God. Like, I just, you know, it's just Agent be calls. Hey man, we got a problem. Oh yeah. What's the problem? Well, Kyrie doesn't like his parking spot. Yeah, it's just, which is inevitable, right? There is not a team around the league in 
basketball, baseball, or football, that at minimum, in football, it's different, right? Because probably during the weeks of season, baseball could be over whenever. You're just getting calls like that. I just can't have it be, you know, in football, my star quarterback. Uh, Carl on the stream asked, would would you, based on what we have seen, say that Purdy plays similar to Kirk Cousins? Much more mobile. Like, I would say Cousins, at this point in time in his career, his arm stronger, is a more explosive down-the-field passer from just the pocket. He's just, I'd say he's got a stronger arm. But Purdy can, if shit hits the fan, Cousins can't really move. So, like, when the play breaks down, Cousins is kind of s you know screwed. You know, I just <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what he's going to do because he can't move. Purdy, one of his, I would say, defining attributes of that whatever eight nine game stretch was his movement when kind of shit hit the fan. Yeah, I mean, now is it going to get him into trouble? Uh, I think that's something I began to wonder last year with the blind spin to his left to his backside. Is that going to work forever? Um, will there be some adjustment from pass rushers? Will he have to adjust the way he gets out of the pocket? Like those are all things that you don't know, have wondered, and um, we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, he cousins two point six nine time to throw. That's how long he holds the ball. Two point six nine. Brock two point eight four. So Brock was twenty fourth. Brock was in the Derek Carr. Uh, he actually t- same same exact time to throw as Derek Carr. And um, Kirk was same as uh, Goff and uh, Mac Jones. So they're they're in the same kind of realm in terms of how long they hold the football. I think you're right. The biggest difference is that, you know, with Brock, at least not yet, the Niners have not found the quarterback that hits deep balls, right? Yeah. Which is, they didn't have it with Jimmy. We never really got to see it with Trey. Maybe Brock will have it. Time will tell. But. It was not really a a big part of the offense. They, they tried to push the ball down the field more, but, you know, part of it is that he's got Justin Jefferson, right? So that's he is a better downfield receiver than anybody that Niners have had in the Kyle Shanahan era. Yeah, I mean, you could argue, I mean, he's right there with Devontae as, like, the best receiver in the league, right, Tyreek? Yeah, I so, mean, but I think, I, I do think just watch it, Kirk throws a, a pretty deep ball. Like, Kirk throws a good deep ball. Yeah. So... Brock, you know, you'd rather have Brock right now, the price, all things considered. But there's no, there's, you know, we're far from a guarantee that he turns out to have anything close to Kirk Cousins' career. When Brock makes $36 million in a season, like. I would say also when Brock proves that he can play, I mean, I have to look at the game log, but it feels like Kirk Cousins not missing many games over. Well, has he missed any? I mean, I don't there what There was a. What's his name? A and M guy game, right? Maybe the last game of the season when they were eliminated from the playoff in twenty one. I'm pretty sure it might have been what was last year twenty two. Yeah, it would have been Zimmer's last game. Yeah, so yeah, seventeen games last year, sixteen games in twenty one, in a seventeen game season, right? Yeah, twenty one was a seventeen game season. Uh, twenty one was the first seventeen game season. Yeah. yeah, sixteen games in twenty. Uh, 15 games in 19, 16, 16, 16, 16. So I, I think you're right. I don't think he was hurt in 21. Maybe he was hurt in 19. But the, if you say any team in the league, so basically like what was his first year as a full-time starter where he's not missing games? 
17 or 18? 15. 15. So he's been a full-time starter since 2015. Yeah. Washington. I mean, he, he was two, he was three years the full-time starter in Washington. Like if, if any team in the league that gets their starting quarterback to basically let's just assume one game truly for injury over that period of time. One or would two sign yeah. up from 2015 to eight years. I mean, we're talking seven, eight seasons. Eight, eight years. I mean, the fucking 49ers can't go one season without three quarterbacks. One playing. season, they can't go three weeks. <laughs> so I, I I mean, I I the, the durability thing. And this is where, like, the average quarterbacks, you know, I think I, I, when I remember watching Derek's press conference and he's like, you know, I, I take a lot of pride and we spend a lot of effort in staying healthy, right? Like, we put, you know, Monday, Tuesday, the work I do at my house, like, when I get home. And, and I think I, I, George Kittle mentioned this on Theo's podcast. Like, when he goes home, he built – he's like his first couple years in the league, he just stayed at the facility, like, you know – Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as the season went on, it was like till 7, 8 at night because they had all the stuff that he needed to get his body. And then he's like, once I got paid, I was able to buy that stuff so I can go home Wednesday, Thursday at, you know, dinner, right? Like 5, 6. But I end up just spending a couple hours doing that stuff. I'm just able to like watch TV with my wife in the fucking cold tub or the chamber or whatever. So you like a huge part of the NFL more than any other sport is because like and George and all players talk about this right like that the, they're like I don't feel right till like Wednesday or Thursday but you, it's able to like get your body close to feeling right by the extra work because practicing is so important for so many guys like feeling good to practice well the only way to feel good to practice by Wednesday is you got to do Monday and Tuesday like that element of staying healthy is something the 49ers like does Jimmy Listen, I'm not trying to crush Jimmy Garoppolo. Does he feel like a big, like, grinding on Monday, Tuesday with his body? Besides just kind of the basic stuff? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we know Russell Wilson is because he tells us. And for the most of his career, he's been very, very durable. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I would put a premium. I mean, I know the Niners probably talk about it, but, like, durability. And guys that are just and, and that that gets to the draft process, like when you love a football and like I'm a football addict. Football means everything to me. That means once you become a pro, you're more willing. Like no one can argue George Kittle. Football means so much to him, right? And everything he does is to be ready to go full speed come Sunday. Like he's proven now. When he missed a game early last season, like he's hurt, right? No one's like you know George just. And you know why? So it's like when as your star grows and George is like at the WWE, it never even comes up. Like some players, like, does this Odell Beckham over the years? Like, does this guy even give a fuck? I saw Travis Kelsey is hosting a music fest at the draft. It's just like the music fest presented by Travis Kelsey. And no one's ever like, is this guy still number one priority? It's like, fuck yeah, it is. But you're able to do other stuff. And, you know, I think quarterback the team's just more, you know, as your as your career goes, like the 49ers are very dependent on Brock Purdy's health. Now, that was a freak injury, but whoever becomes the long-term starting quarterback, like I need you doing everything humanly possible to figure this thing out. I'm not the biggest LeBron guy, but you got to give him credit. Like he was ahead of the curve of like, I spent a million dollars a year on my mm-hmm. body like 12, 15 years ago. 
It's like Dwayne Wade's body fell apart. Melo got fat. It's like, listen, I like to eat. I'm, I'm not doing that either. It takes a lot of discipline. Do you know where the draft is this year? Vegas. Oh, was that last Kansas year? Kansas City. Was Vegas last year? Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Why Travis is doing the music fest. Kansas City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I see Travis going to Vegas, but the Super Bowl's in Vegas. Uh, Ricky Niner says, if anyone could get Cousins hurt, it would be Kyle. <laughs> well, he'd be like, well, he's 37 years old. He'd be like, pattern, what pattern? What are you guys talking about? Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I don't see a pattern. I just think that would be if I ran a team and so many teams talk about this and then they get themselves in situations like, well, 
I know this guy loves football. Football means everything to him. And every single human we talk to during the scouting process says, this guy would run through a wall for the game of football. But he's not as good as this guy who, listen, we got to question his work ethic a little bit, but Jesus Christ, did you see those 19 touchdowns the last two years? And it's so easy to talk yourself out of it. And then in like three years, that other guy just kind of rises above. And I think the 49ers have done a pretty good job and they've hit on a ton of players because part of their thing has been like, well, they've, they've had a lot of success in the third, fourth, fifth round. They've just taken guys that feel like all ball. Yeah. They're just it's like, like Fungus, Purdy's. Yeah. Is Drake you know, Jackson? Like, that's a question. We're going to find out. Like, I don't think, I think we know the answer to that. I think last year's draft, they went a lot of physical talent in that second and third round, right? The running back, the wide receiver, and Drake Jackson. Like, there's a lot of physical abilities that just, like, Gray can fucking fly. Drake Jackson, everyone texts me, like, that motherfucker can bend the edge. Like, turn on Ty Davis Price against Florida. It's like, okay. Now, does this guy like football as much as, like, George Kittle? Yeah. Because that's kind of, you know... Danny Gray had the Sarah gun out on his thigh day two of practice, right? Now, you... I remember you noted, and this is where, if right now in pole position, he was playing punt team making tackles. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pro Danny Gray. I like that about him. Yeah, that that to me is a pretty positive. I'd say the the Drake Jackson thing is. I think even John mentioned at the owners meetings or at the combine, like you know, we kind of need this guy to get rolling. Like, yeah. there's going to be like this is a big off season year transition. You're going to run out of gas here too. And I think the thing, like, that'll be an OTA thing. It's like, what does his body look like? Because I think even they pointed out last year. Wasn't strong. Wasn't strong. Was not in peak pass rusher physical condition, maybe. Who was and I he'd listening? gone through a lot, right? Part of it was he had to gain weight, lose weight. Gain, you know, SC had run him through the ringer a little bit, putting him at different positions. So he got he gets the benefit of the doubt with that. I listened to, uh, it was either a former GM Maybe it was the dude on like 3013. They got about 700 people that always do some content for them. It might have been Rick Spielman. It was Rick Spielman, who I always thought was really good. Like, you know, those Minnesota Vikings teams, even the team, the 49ers beating the playoffs in 19, like that team did have a lot of talent, right? I mean, Diggs, Thielen, Kendricks, Harrison Smith, they had pass rushers, Dalvin Cook. Like he, he drafted well over the years. He said the thing looking back, that I, when we missed, and, and a lot of GMs say this, is we missed on more character, football character stuff. And we we made exceptions for talent. Where we didn't miss is when it either matched up or even a guy had a slightly like, you know, maybe his ceiling's not going to be as high, but, you know, this guy, and that guy ends up playing in the league. And that to me usually is like the 49ers – See, even some of their random guys, like the Daniel Brunskills. Like, it's pretty clear, like, Daniel Brunskill is down for fucking whatever. When it comes <laughs> you know? Because a lot of people, once they got to the AAF, might have been like, what am I? Should I just go sell commercial real estate in San Diego, right? And make, start at 400 grand and get to join the Sweet Country Club and just start on my life. And a guy like that refused to do that. Gary Payton, the second. Like, yeah. how many guys, especially with his name, like, would just grind in the G League for so many years? I, I just think it's few and far between. GP2 is a good example of that. Well, to me, when I think GP2, he feels more football than he does basketball. Like, just his story. Mm -hmm. Don't you think, like, 
a guy that just grinds, grinds, practice squad, practice squad, then all of a sudden he becomes a starter. And it's like, God, we fucking love this guy. Who's the guy who the, the kind of taller guy, I think he may still be in the league, older, the Rockets had. He was like thick but tall, like would always hit older guy but would hit corner threes. I'm talking like the last three, four years. Scola? No. America P.J. Tucker? P.J. Tucker, yeah. So P.J., Similar, like I, I, Casey Jacobson has told me over the years, like he played with PJ like Germany years ago. It's like PJ went through it before, he, like PJ was not just like straight. You'd have to look up his bio here, but he's like PJ Tucker is a great success story of NBA like perseverance. Yeah, here we go. Second round pick goes to the Raptors, then plays. Uh, I think that's Israel, Israel. Uh, Ukraine, uh, Greece, uh, Italy, Germany. So he goes, he wasn't just playing abroad for six, six years. He played, he, he was like a journeyman. Well, what, what year was PJ Tucker on the Rockets? Uh, years. 17 to 21. Well, they, I think they realized having guy like that because you know, who's a similar story. Beverly, yeah, who bounced around. You know, I don't even know. I can't even pronounce these places. <laughs> you know, it looks like Greece, maybe in Italy or Greece. I mean, this guy from 08 to 12 was just playing in who knows where and then even started in the G League and then was with the Rockets for four years. Because part of it, right, and this is what makes the Niners, I would say, it's unique. Like offset Harden kind of. Well, yeah, if you're going to have, like, if you're just going to have a bunch of just – I would say prima donna type players, and this works in football too. You got to have some dogs around them. The Niners' best players happen to also kind of be dogs. <laughs> like that's like their best skill guy is fucking Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey. Those guys will run you over or yeah. break tackles. They're not predicated on Darren Waller types. Like George Kittle is like, I mean, the Rock, literally. Probably the next one. He'll be in the WWE, <laughs> right? Trent Williams. They got. They're uniquely built. And this, if they have a second iteration, like if Kyle's the head coach for 20 years, that will mean he'll have several iterations of teams. More likely than not, their best players on the second iteration aren't all going to be as physical as the Niners. So you're just going to need some other physical guys that are more lower paid that are kind of crazier. Right. Right. And that's that's really hard to do. Like, that's what made the, the part of the Warriors thing is like, yeah, Clay and Draymond were also kind of physical and nuts, like in their in their heyday, right? Like, they would get up in your ass and play defense. Iguodala. Yeah, I mean, that's what they had. They took defense very, very seriously. It was like, why, why are the Bucks potentially going to win another, you know, championship and been so good for like four years? Because I don't know, all their guys play defense. I mean, it's not, it's not like that complicated of a formula. That's why I'm actually looking forward to Steve Wilkes playing the Cardinals twice. Now that the uh, Terry McDonough, Sean McDonough's brother, Terry McDonough lawsuit has a uh, lawsuit or mediation or file, filed a claim, not a lawsuit, filed a claim saying that you saw this this week. The gave him burner phone and wanted him communicating with Kime while he was not supposed to be communicating with the team. Yes. Refused. Got written up for insubordination. Like the Michael Bidwell, he claims the owner wrote him up. I'm quote unquote, wrote him up. As if, who? why does he need to put that in the guy's personnel file? He's the ball. I don't quite understand. So you can eventually, especially like... Build the case. 
And when you're the number two, even if the Cardinals are a cheaper organization, I mean, that's, I would guess, between a five and an $800,000 employee. So if the guy's going to be under a three- or four-year contract, you want to fire with cause? Yeah, but at the end of the day, like you have to say what the insubordination was. If he didn't want to cheat? Didn't want a burner phone? Last night on local television, I'm just flipping around, and so the local news comes on here in Arizona, and, uh, you know, it's just their sports guy. This is the lead story, right? Like, tensions are flying. Like, because they're like, do we have another Robert Sarver situation? Oh, yeah. And they have this montage of like the same four or five clips of just Michael Bidwell, right? On game day, walking out to like one of their game day employees. And it looks like he's kind of ripping them. Another one where he's like high five and kind. And just this rotation. It's like, God, this guy, I think the league wants him out. Because I, I mean, I, I just think that this, as this area booms, this team, I mean, that, that the Bidwell has been a laughingstock, you know, owner situation for a long time. And then when you factor in, this is a city that gets Super Bowl all the time, the money that's flowing in, look at how much the, uh, the Suns just went for. Like, what would yeah. the Arizona Cardinals go for? Seven billion? Eight? I don't know. Well, the number just, it's, the, say a number. But but I just mean it's for non like New York City or LA, it would be closer to like if, if Washington goes for six, it could just go for six. I, I don't think you're gonna have an NFL team go for less than the NFL team that sold before it. Well, the NBA team went for four. So the NFL team has to be worth I mean, at minimum, because if, if I was Bidwell and you were forcing me to sell, if that went for four, it's like the housing analogy. I don't want I'm selling mine for eight. Yeah. Okay. The totally. Suns, who have been good once, and you can argue how much money they've even made over the last 20 years, you know for a fact my profit. It's guaranteed by the league. And then you just factor in, we've been a good a couple times. We host Super Bowls. That would be, I'd put it for eight. If, if, the, if the Suns are going for four, I can't take less than eight. I can't. I won't. Because <laughs> I couldn't. Suspend, suspend me. Because would the Wizards get four? Uh, that's a great question. I hadn't thought about the Wizards in four or five years. Now that you mention them, I don't think anyone said the word Wizards to me since 19, 2019, Maybe my take is I don't think they would. <laughs> I forgot. Like, I haven't seen the Wizards. Haven't seen a Wizards highlight. Haven't definitely haven't seen a Wizards game. They got a fifty-five million dollar a year player. Uh, who they have? Who? Well, doesn't Beal like? Didn't oh, he sound Beal's like a five-year? I haven't seen Bradley Beal. <laughs> fucking four years. Well, Google his contract. <laughs> the Wizards, are the Wizards the most irrelevant American sports franchise, you think? Uh, They're more relevant than, like, the Rays are more relevant. The Marlins just, like, they were in the news. They had, you know, Jeter left and, like, relevant. It'd be an NBA team for sure. I think the Magic would be up there. Magic would be up there. I think they're more relevant than the Wizards. Wizards would be high on the list. Very high on the list. Magic, at least, like, feel like I've seen them draft somebody high. You well, know, I think they drafted like, Paolo Benchero. It, it does feel like in our youth, the Clippers would have been number one. Yeah, although the Clippers, I as a kid, my perception was the Clippers were always relevant because they were the butt of all the jokes, you know? So your relevancy when everyone's making fun of you actually is a little stronger. Like, the, listen, yeah. the Raiders, right. you know, haven't won that much in 20 right. years, but people make fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. 
<laughs> no one even mocks the Wizards. They're that irrelevant, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why, what are the Wizards really most known for? Michael Jordan spent two years there, right? It's probably their defining moment as a franchise. Or Gilbert Arenas brought a gun into the locker room. Yeah. Hibachi, Agent Zero. Did they... Um, it's been a rough stretch for them. Did they were they part of a like a young guy trade? No, they didn't trade for C Webb or something. No, they tr- they traded Chris Webber to the Kings. But they would have been were they the Wizards or the Bullets then? They, they would have been the Bullets, yeah. Yeah. Cuz remember Webber was caught I, I forget if it was like McDonald's or something just getting high in a parking lot. And back then, you know, I I think there was a, you know, obviously weed the, the legalization was a little different in the late 90s. And it was his career. I don't think was going great. So the Kings bought low and uh, got that trade for a uh, aging Mitch Richmond. I mean, honestly, one of the great trades, probably. The, I mean, it's the greatest trade in Kings history. But uh, well, Sabonis making a run for it. We'll see. Sabonis is <laughs> <laughs> Sabonis is making a run. The difference though is they traded a, like an all star, like Mitch Richmond, who was always known in Sacramento. I don't know if this is true or not. Michael Jordan might have said this once. Was the Michael Jordan stopper or the guy Michael least liked going against? Oh. Again, I don't know if that's ever been truly validated or the numbers back it up, but that's what everyone said in Sacramento. The one guy can give Michael Jordan problems. And uh, But he was older at the time. I didn't know that. I think Michael had a hard time guarding him because he was a little stockier, stronger. Mm. He could score on Michael. Now, I mean... Was Michael super locked in? He was getting his 40 against the Kings, and they ended up winning probably every game by 15. Like, does he care if Mish gets his 28? I don't know. He was hoping to get the plane fire, get out of town that night, get to the next destination. Yeah, in like 94 was there or 96. Is there that much going on in Sacramento? Better area now, I would say. More to do. Back in 92, you know, I don't know if Michael <laughs> <laughs> was worried about playing uh, Hagen Oaks. Um, John, uh, baseball update since our last pod, our last videos. Still great, man. Games are flying. There was a game yesterday. There was a sub two hour game, I think, on on uh, Tuesday. Was it like one forty five? Uh, who was it? Alcan? Is it Alcantara or Alcantara? Uh, I think there was a sub two hour game. I didn't dive too deep into that uh, into that story, but the chat may know. But I've just been uh, the clock thing. Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, Sandy Alcantara, uh, two-hour game. Uh, is that a is that an umpire or a player? Oh, so that's a Mar- it's a very good pitcher for the Marlins. You're saying he won the Cy Young last year. Operates extra quick, or just mowing he's, guys. He's down? fast anyway. But um, this game, he was mowing. And uh, where's my time of game on this? I think uh, one fifty-seven, one hour fifty-seven minutes. We had a game on Tuesday night. Um, that's fast. Yeah. It's- so I got to tell you though, I, I might have mentioned this the other day to you. So if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry. But I just I've been thinking. I just every time I watch the game, it just really the clock is number one. The thing that really jumps out. The shift being gone is number two. It's so great. We spent twenty years. The game just got beaten down by analytics. Analytics hurt baseball. Ruin, not ruined, but really hurt baseball. And um, lessening that aspect. There's still a lot of parts of the game that, you know, uh, are hard to overcome. That you know, being smarter is not a bad thing. And teams got smarter. But, man, 
getting rid of the ability to just know exactly where every guy was going to hit, put a defender in that spot and take away base hits. Getting rid of that part of the game has been wonderful. And um, so I'm glad baseball is doing its part to undo the damage done by Billy Bean to the game. (laughs) I'm telling I always thought analytics hurt the game to a degree. And, uh, you know, here's what I've been wondering. Are we 100% sure we want robo-umps? I've been pro-robo-umps. But, you know, I, I've said this a lot. Like L- Less relevant now with the with everything's changed. What do you mean? I, I would say part of it was, like, the missed calls, the arguing. If, if the game's going rapid fire, there's no even time to argue. I, I haven't oh. seen that many arguments. So there's one today in the Giants game. Tim Anderson thought he got quick-pitched by Logan Webb. Which is, he's having a rough start to his season. Yeah, it was not, was not great. And stepped out of the box, didn't get time. Logan Webb throws strike three, see you later. White Sox dugout is just chirping and chirping and chirping and chirping. Tim Anderson blah, 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 gets tossed. And it, and I've always said this, like these are entertain these games are entertainment and you, you've always had a good counter. Like once you start gambling, there's so much money on getting calls right. We get all the replays. If every you can't have everybody outside of the playing surface know that the call was wrong, and still they operate with the wrong call. But I just started thinking about, you know, the history of the game in all in every other sp- in 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 football, coaches are superstars. In college basketball and college football, the coaches are superstars. The sports, baseball and basketball, the coaches have been less become less and less relevant. Right. And I think in baseball, for sure, like the manager is there. It's like there. I'd say most most like casual baseball fans couldn't name more than like 10. And part of it is they're not the managers aren't making the most of them aren't making that many. There's no controversy. They just go by the book. And I'm not saying you want to be the NBA where every storyline is just just fucking bullshit drama controversial. But there's something to be said for having some personalities, having some arguments, having some back and forth. Having an umpire yelling at a pitcher, yelling at a hitter, yelling at a manager. Baseball, you know, part of the analytics, you lost a lot of this little emotional moments in baseball. I don't want to get rid of all that. I think one thing basketball and and baseball have lost from our youth that just made it, they were much bigger back then. I mean, both of them, you know, I don't know if the numbers bear this out, but they all felt like on equal footing when you and I like were 10 in the early to mid nineties with the NFL. It was like the three big sports. And at any moment in basketball or baseball, a coach could like strangle a reporter, throw a phone at a reporter, threaten another player on the team. I will fight you. And it was like, this might happen. It's just a lot of crazy MFers everywhere. Yeah. And we've lost that. Yeah. Like it, part of what made it very entertaining and maybe society's changed and obviously the dynamic of power has changed, but we have lost the crazy in those sports. A hundred percent. And and I think part of it, like that resonates. And ultimately, like why do action movies always work? Because it's like, God damn, this guy's just going to blow shit up for two hours. Basketball and baseball always had managers and coaches. They were like, this guy could fight Charles Oakley. Obviously, he would lose, but it doesn't feel like he's scared. You know, and it's like that would never happen now. It's like, you know, he had to call the agent of the uh, eighth player in the rotation. He was mad and sulking, and he said he was sorry for 
you know, saying that he he wasn't tough. He just meant he needs to be a little more focused. It's like Jesus Christ. Like I, I don't know, man. I, I just I miss the craziness and football, like because it's still the most violent of the sport. Is just always going to have an element of that. So there's just always this element like, damn, this could be kind of crazy, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, the money for sure, right? Like, you can just protect your money. No one gets in, in, in any arguments with each other in the locker room. You make $7 million, I make $12 million. Like, what? I don't care enough, whatever. Well, everyone's too fat and happy. But people but, were rich but back football, then. But, huh? People were rich, like, relative. Rel- but it's, I, it's on another level, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's on another level. And you were always like, you weren't... Seven years, two hundred fifty million dollars. You can mail it in for the rest of your career, Rich. In nineteen eighty four, right? Well, I, I, I football is the one, like you said, you cannot operate in football at seventy percent, right? You will get hurt, you will get exposed, you will get cut. Your career will be over. But I think, like when we were kid, yeah, you're right. The money changed everything. Like I, we've met so many players, right, in basketball or baseball that are now in their fifties that were like, it's cool we pretend like you become friends with them or whatever. But like if your 10 year old knew that you were hanging out with this guy, there was an element to the majority of players, non like Ken Griffey or Michael Jordan, that it was like football. Like if I don't get the shit done, I'm going to fucking be out of the league. Like nothing's guaranteed. Right. And that was the majority of the two sports. Now in basketball, like the seventh guy is on under contracts for like $8 million a year for the next four years. You know, he's just going to be trade bait and there's an edge that you're just not getting back with the amount of money. And I, I think that's it's a tangible loss. I think it's why football, it's one of the, there's a lot of reasons. One of the many things that football has as a built-in advantage, the physicality of the sport requires all the players to care or to play, mostly play like they care. Because Everybody. I think one thing baseball has over basketball is I think on a consistent basis in the regular season, the players care more. Like they, they try really hard on individual games. Like you just watch regular season games. Guys try harder to tell in baseball when someone doesn't care. True. But I'm just saying like, they're just walking around. Most their star the players are there. They're playing like, you're not trying to strike out or whatever. No, trying to get but I'm just saying like you. Harder I think to that, tell. that there is an element of basketball that I, I don't think it's shakable unless they put some mandate in. Like when your players don't play and you can say it's the front office, you say it's the players. I I don't know how you put that cat back in the bag. Well, also, I don't think it's great. I think you have to put some value on scoring, right? So when you don't play, when when none of the buckets matter, because the game's going to be 121-119, I don't think that's ideal. Like, I think the ideal is like, you know, 104-102. Like, I think that's far more ideal than 121-119. Well, do you see to become like a an all NBA guy, there's a minimum now on the games. I think it's 65 games. Like one of this new CBA things. And I, sure. I, I clicked on it. Draymond was obviously pissed because he thinks there's going to be years when great players get injured and some scrub gets it. And then he's like, well, you, then the owner's going to have to give this guy a max. and He's not going to be that good. Yeah. We, we can nitpick at Draymond, but the point of it is you don't have we, to give the guy the max. <laughs> we just need our players playing. And I don't know how they do it, but whatever we got going right now, ain't working for everybody. Because one of David Tepper's thing, I guess, at the owner's meeting, I guess he stood up and said, again, a little new to it, but business guy, like, are we doing this? Did Am- I think he said this to Roger. Like, is is Amazon mad at us right now? Are, are they the reason that this is even a discussion? Yeah, good question. Is, is that why? And he pushed back and said, no, I guess. Or whoever that, you know, was speaking for the league said, that is not the reason. But ultimately, like, the NFL is very worried about their product and the power of it because that's their life, but... 
where it feels like the NBA clearly has to be getting like ESPN and TNT. Like, hey guys, uh, when we put fucking Joel Embiid and Jokic on, if those guys are healthy, can we get them to play? Like, is there anything we can do to just know? Because back in the day, when Michael Jordan or whoever, honestly, not even that long ago, if a team was playing on national television, their good player was going to play, unless he was hurt. And now it's like calf, like, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Because then he, he misses that game, then he's back the next game, and he played the game previously. So it's like, uh, come on. You just didn't want to play in the altitude? And that that's, to me, what baseball has for the most part. I do believe, like, if Logan Webb's healthy, he's going to pitch every five days. You right? can schedule if, it every fifth day. But like if he's if, not, yeah. But if, if Aaron Garrett Judge Cole, does not have an injury, I watched Garrett Cole play pitch today games. at 10 a.m. Pacific. It was 50 degrees, blown into his hands. That'd be a classic. Like if you could just, you know what? Let's give him a day. The Yankees would have given him today because it was like an early day game, freezing cold. He's pitched two really cold games. G- guys, let's let's give Garrett a day, right? Like if you thought of it that way with pitchers, today would have been a day to give him a day, but. Uh, and he shoved. He shoved. From what I saw, what was the final? Well, they won four to two. So. Yeah, they beat the Phillies. Uh, Phillies are one and five I, now. I, I just want like I, I think this is the number one thing sports have to have moving forward. Your guys have to care, and the consumer has to think you care. Like, why does the Masters work? You know, every single guy that plays in it, it means everything to him. Why does WrestleMania work? Why, why it's is their Liv, biggest event? That's the argument with Liv. Is like I was talking to uh, Shane Vereen today. And uh, who we've you've golfed with, you know Shane, and he's like, I watched Live the other day. I'm like, oh, how was it? He was like, boring as fuck. <laughs> he's like, there's nobody there. He goes, I'm watching on the CW first of all, which sucks. He's like, none of these guys look like they care. I texted you today. I was watching ESPN this morning. They said Dustin Johnson, the guy, whoever the analyst was, reiterated. He's like, Dustin Johnson's played nine rounds of golf. He's like, to be clear, nine rounds, not nine events. Nine rounds. He's like John Rom played seven rounds at the match play tournament the other two weeks ago. <laughs> nine rounds of golf, and then you sent me the picture of DJ on a boat. Yeah. So that that's including like his practice and stuff. Well, I don't know if that's including practice. It's just, well, they've well, yeah, because they've only played two. They've event? only played two live okay. events, maybe three. Yeah, they played three, and okay, that, so they only played all three. Yeah, he's all played all three. They played three rounds in an event, so nine. <laughs> And I'd put the over-under at, like, 18 holes, DJ on his spare time, you know. He's probably playing a little golf here and there, but, like, yeah. I mean, the over-under is under 12. How many rounds? I was doing this math today in my head. I was trying to think, how many rounds of Augusta has Tiger played? So he's played there, like, 23 times, I think. Never missed the cut, so four times. So maybe he's played there 25 times. I don't know, whatever the number is. Four plus, would you count, like, two practice? Well, no, he, he's missed some. Yeah, he did miss He's injured. missed the cut maybe twice. No, he's never missed the cut, but I'm saying he's missed events with injuries. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. And then you play, what, two practice rounds, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, but he he only plays nine holes. Maybe when he was younger, he played but 18 he played holes. One, yeah. Plus, casually, I'd love to know how many times he's casually played Augusta. A decent amount. So guess. he's probably played Augusta 150 times. 120 sh- times. I mean, a sh- he, I mean, he's a, what, a 45-minute private jet flight away in Florida? You know, some of like the richest, coolest people. I like, call him up, like, "Hey, you want to play the Masters tomorrow?" I would just love to know how many times he's played Augusta National. Like, is it you know twice a year I get out there, or is it any son any time I feel like it? I'm on my way. Well, has like since his son started playing over under times he's taken Charlie up there five, just those two alone, right? Just it's gonna be that, some. I'm gonna be. <laughs> 
Uh, you're going to play with Gary and Stan today. <laughs> they had the 815, so Tigers. You guys are going to have a guest. There has been days before, non-Augusta week, when the only guy on the course was Tiger and whoever he was playing with. I would imagine. Because there are, I, I know people that have played, and they said it's just empty. Like, you just go out, you're just the only guy there. Because obviously their members are like, Bill Gates to Tom Brady to Manfred. Right, right. It's not like they, they not their daily know, play. Like they're, oh yeah, half our members live on the front nine. Like no one lives there. <laughs> yeah, there is a house right, right at the front of Magnolia Land. I remember last year maybe that they haven't sold the land and they live there. Oh yeah, they refuse. They sold across the street, so they got the best of both worlds. But you see the thing going viral of the house, you know, within a mile radius or whatever. They bought it two years ago or three, five years ago for like 150 grand. They put in 200. And it looks sweet now. Uh, the typical rent is like you know they rent it out a month, like a couple grand, 2500. Masters week is 30 grand. 30 grand for the week. For the week, yeah. Now it's they, they've the house is. It feels like I would guess player stays there. Yeah. Wow. How many bedrooms? Like five, I would imagine they. Made yeah, I think it. they added some. Yeah. Uh, quick comment here from Black and White Sports. What's up, fellas? Has John pooped on McCorkle yet? Missed the beginning. Yes. <laughs> All right. On that note, anything else to add? McCorkle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bill, say what you want about Bill. I'll support him on that one. <laughs> Later, y'all. <laughs> Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.